What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Combat and Kick It with your boy Bando. You know, I, I haven't been really talking about much combat sports on here past few days, past few weeks, honestly. Um, but trust me, I've been paying attention to everything going on. Um, like last week, last weekend, we had Rosenstruik versus Sakai with an amazing knockout finish. Um, pretty decent card. We also had the the absolute buffoonery of Logan Paul versus Floyd Mayweather, and I actually tuned in. Oh, I can't believe I just said that. I tuned into that. Yeah, I watched it. Yeah, it was pretty bad. It was pretty, pretty bad. Probably, um, in my opinion, a pretty embarrassing thing for the sport. Uh, if you're talking about, you know, the best boxer of all time, arguably, and a famous YouTube kid, they're, they're, they shouldn't even be in the same realm. There should, it shouldn't even be a, a conversation that, oh, Logan was almost like this or like, no, there shouldn't even be a con conversation about it at all. Like he shouldn't even have been in there in the first place. And the fact that he went eight is shocking. I'm, I'm going to give him props though, because dude knows how to make money. So, and he went out there and did it. So can't really uh, hate on him much for that. It is what it is. And it's, it's one of those things with these YouTube boxers. Now it, they're here. They're making their names known. It's pretty easy. Um, but yet yeah, we, we know they they aren't fighting what they can fight. Like um, Jake Paul is, is picked guys who've never boxed before. Uh, he's picked guys who are predominantly wrestlers. He's picked um, knockoff Aziz Ansari's and stuff like that. Like I, I just think that if, if you're going to have these guys in there as a real promoter, I would sit back and put them against actual competition if they're saying that they want to be pro boxers at this point everybody's tuning in to see it anyway so you might as well put them up against actual professional boxers who have been in the game a minute other big names sell big fights i mean logan and floyd sold a ton i guarantee it and at the end of the day it sucked it was terrible and of course logan's gonna fight floyd when floyd's 44 years old um you know retire pretty much out of his career so it was just a real stupid thing. But beyond that, there is something within this Logan Paul, Floyd Mayweather, Jake Paul, all this stuff that has been a heavy talk within the MMA community. And it is all about the fighter pay. The fighter pay is, is discussed so much beyond the MMA community when it comes to fan bases, when it comes to different analysts, different types of podcasts, anything MMA related, anything combat sports related, they're bringing up MMA's pay, UFC pay and stuff like that. And, you know, I could understand as a fighter sitting back and saying you want more money. That's no different than you being at work yourself in a normal nine to five saying you, you want more money. Um, but the difference is, I'm not, I can't, I can't get mad at fighters for wanting more money. Yeah. Some of them act like, you know, prima donnas and stuff sometimes and just act real funny because they don't get the pay that they think they deserve, but they aren't winning fights like Paulo Costa, you know, like he's talking about, he needs to make more money. I mean, what have you done? You had a great fight with Yoel Romero, but what about that? You, you just lost to Izzy and you pulled out of two fights back to back. So, I mean, and then you say the Jerry Cannonier fight wasn't even actually booked so that it's just you can't ask for more money and be in that situation it's the same thing when when i talked about earlier in the podcasts i was talking about john jones and what's next for john jones the fate of john jones and stuff like that and you know it's it's him asking for more money but at the same time going about it the wrong way 
all over Twitter and Instagram and social media, you know, talking, I'm not going to say bad about the boss because he hasn't actually talked bad about him, but talked bad about the pay that he gets and he thinks he deserves more and stuff like that. And like I said before, I just feel like if you're going to do that, you should just take it up with Dana himself and they should have just went that. And and I think that's why Dana kind of sat back was like, shit, why would I give this guy money? He always, I mean, he's like bashing bashing the pay and complaining so much on Instagram and stuff like that. So who knows? I mean, that, that could be, that could be wrong, but you know, just what it kind of seems like, but I sit there and I see more fans upset about fighter pay and stuff like that. And I, and I don't understand what, why are fans upset about it? You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, it, it changes nothing for us at all. If your fighters get more money or not. Look, at the end of the day, if a fighter is going to fight, he's going to fight. It's it's that simple. You know, if these guys don't want to fight, they're not going to fight. If a guy wants to make money, if he wants to make big, big money, he's going to market himself properly. That's that's Conor McGregor. People don't realize that Conor marketed himself to a point where it was automatic money. He sold himself to one, his entire country, and had people in America kind of on that Floyd Mayweather scale of, damn, I really want to see this dude get knocked out. And then there's the other side of people that say, man, I love watching Conor McGregor. He's awesome. He's crazy. He's funny. You know what I'm saying? He marketed himself in a proper way to become one of the richest in the sport. And to think if, what if he never did what he did in the sport, would any fighter be making anywhere close to what he make? You know, I mean, maybe Khabib, Khabib had a whole country behind him as well. And, and, and ton of fans. Cause I mean, it's just an amazing fighter and it's an amazing thing to witness a guy go 29 and 0 in a sport like this and just be able to say like, oh yeah, I watched 90% of this guy's MMA career and it was awesome, you know, but other than people like that, like if you're not marketing yourself, if you're not putting yourself out there in a proper way and you're just bitching and asking for money, I don't think you're going to get anything. It just it doesn't make any sense. And it doesn't make any sense that a fan's going to get mad at that. You know, like you, you have to sit back and think, or honestly, no, sit back and the, the energy of the complaints and everything on Instagram, social media. I see so many fans bitching. Just bring that same energy to your own job. Like just go there, go straight to the boss. Like, yo, I personally feel like this job that I'm about to do isn't worth the money that you're paying me. So pay me more. Oh, if you're not going to pay me more, I'm not going to do the job. Well, they're going to fire that ass. Simple as that. You know what I'm saying? It's different. These guys can play this game and keep talking and keep talking. At the end of the day, as much as we think we know how much these guys are making and we find out how much these guys are making, we really don't know how much these guys are making. Think about it, right? Right now, John Jones has not fought since Dominic Reyes. He's still making money. Regardless of how he still he still has income coming to him. So at the end of the day, he's John Jones. He's he's making money. He's one of the biggest names in the sport. And he had a career of marketing himself in a great way, became this, this absolute phenomenon, still is, but then he 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 kind of deteriorated his career in certain ways with the cocaine, with the hit and runs, with all the different stuff that was going on, the getting tested for EPOs and the and the pinch pinch assault in Olympic sized swimming pool roids and all that shit, whatever, like he was marketing himself at a perfect point. And, and then, you know, he had his ups and downs, but people will still tune in to, to watch John Jones. I think if John Jones just sat back, was like, man, I already know my name is going to pull in the revenue. 
and it's gonna pull in the money for them. Let let's just let's just make this work. People are going to buy a John Jones versus Francis Ngannou fight. Instead, they keep bitching about making it to make more money. Yo, just imagine if the fight actually happened, right? Imagine you do that. Then you do a world tour just like you did Jose and Connor. That's some money. Obviously, right now, it's probably very difficult to do a world tour. But just think if that was a setup. If that was possibly set up, both men would come out with buco cash. Same with Dana White. They would have good money. And these guys are making good money regardless. So it's just it's crazy to see how many fans complain about it. I understand wanting to see your fighter get paid more so he can fight more. And, you know, people talk about, oh, they're, they put their lives on the line doing this. Look, they get paid more than our military. And that's all I'm going to say with that. You know what I'm saying? People don't complain about that. At the end of the day, it's like these guys are going in there and fighting. At the end of the day, they are famous guys fighting. They're literally famous. Not all of them, but these big names like John Jones. A lot of the guys that complain are the biggest names. You know, like to think that, uh, what's his name? Brandon Roy Val, his first fight was in tears after winning, saying, man, I still have to go to work. That, to me, is like, damn. Think about picking up a rookie in the MLB. You just drafted a rookie to your double-A team, maybe triple-A team, and and he's getting signed to like a a million-dollar contract. Just think about that. These rookies in baseball and football and basketball, they're getting signed to million-dollar contracts. And Brandon Roy Val made, I think, what, $4,000 or something? They say that, that that the early fighters, like, on their first few fights is, like, all they make. That I understand. Like, damn, okay, he does have to go back to work because he's got to make that last until his next fight. Who knows when that's going to be? So, it's, to me, it's, it's it's a tough situation. I think a lot of the, 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 the high-end guys, the big-name guys, can all actually come to the proper agreements on how much they can get paid with Dana. I think the middle end guys like Paulo Costa should just shut up, go get a dub, get a get a very, very big dub. He acts like he's a super big fan favorite. Like, in what way, though? Think about who he's fought. He's really not that big of a fan favorite. He's put on one dope fight, and that was against, uh, that was against Yoel. Arguably a close fight. I, I would still lean it towards Costa, but it was still a close fight. He beat Johnny Hendricks. Yeah, yeah. Paused for silence. That's it. Because th- that fight shouldn't even have freaking been made. He beat Uriah Hall. Okay, Uriah Hall is a, a good test for a good test for a young up, young up and comer. Then he fights this fantastic fight with Yoel, gets smoked by Izzy, and then pulls out of two fights back to back. Well, who, no one wants to pay for that. No one wants to pay to see you fight. At this point, no one, no one cares. People cared. Be, people wanted to see you fight, and they cared because they thought you were that, that killer that was gonna take Izzy strap. Because, like I said before, that Mayweather effect. Izzy has that. People, there are people. Half people pay to see him lose because they hate him. Half people see pay to see him win because they love him. So, that that's the thing. Paulo Costa, you don't realize that a lot of people that hate Izzy were were, were were like hoping you'd be that guy. Like, yo, be the guy to beat him, knock him out, sleep him. Like, you're supposed to be that killer. And you look like a scared little boy in there. If we're being real, he did nothing. 
Nothing. Nothing. Where where was the energy he brought to Yoel? That I'll pay for. I'll pay knowing that that's coming up. I'll pay knowing that I'm going to get a fight like that. I'm I'm really not trying to pay to see this guy who's supposed to be this killer get humped at the end of the fight because he got his ass whipped and embarrassed. Calling the champ a, a white belt. Look, I'm not even the biggest Izzy fan, but you call the dude a white belt, even though there was no ground exchange exchanges, you still got your ass whipped the whole fight. So you just made yourself look stupid. No one wants to pay to see you fight, bro. Like just at the end of the day. Now, at the end of the day, if, if John Jones is arguing and wants more money, it can get to a point where, yes, yes, this I can understand people will pay for John Jones. People will pay for John Jones versus Nganu. I think people will pay for John Jones versus Stipe. These are big fights that could be made, and these are fights that people will pay for. And I think if if John Jones and Dana sat down, had their own shit together, you know, whatever, and Ghana, whatever, I, I feel like they really could figure it out. And at that point, maybe fans could start bitching about getting these young up-and-comers for more money. You know, I just think that's crazy that a, that a 19-year-old kid who can go uh, a, a year and playing basketball in college gets drafted his freshman year to the NBA and he's making $20 million. Like, what? That's crazy. So, like, yeah, I understand. And then you have boxers. But think about your low-end boxers. I'm, I'm actually curious what your, what your rookie, rookie boxer pay. Let's see. Yo, that's $22,000. They're making $22,000. That's on the low. The high is pushing. Pushing. Close to 80000 So, I mean, these dudes are making money too. So, if we're going to bitch, bitch about these young guys getting money, I think at the end of the day, as this sport's growing, you get more guys that do what Connor did. And before you know it, guys like uh, John Jones, I mean, John Jones should be one of the guys that gets paid more. But at the end of the day, you would see that guys like him, Izzy, uh, Jan Blaschwitz is becoming a fan favorite. You got uh, any champion, Amanda, all these would be coming out with the Canelo type of paychecks, the 30 millions and shit like that, you know? And, and I think at that point, a lot of these, a lot of people would stop bitching. A lot of fans would stop bitching. Um, who knows? But overall, I think if, if, if we're going to talk about rookie fighters and, and, and rookie things, there are so many rookies that in other sports get paid millions. Why not? Why not these these fighters getting paid more on the lower end? You know, I think people need to realize that too. We bitch about our favorite fighters getting more money. Them motherfuckers are getting paid. They're good. They are good. Now, if you're getting like low, low balled, I get it to bitch, but at the same time, if you're getting low balled and you're doing absolutely nothing, you're lucky you're not cut. I mean, just be happy you're not cut. Dana cuts anybody. He doesn't give a fuck. He just Snip, snip, you're out. Simple. So, I mean, the fighter pay stuff is, I mean, it, it's really just all crazy shit. 
I think at the end of the day, like I said, the sport's growing. As long as you have more people that keep promoting themselves and marketing themselves right, the money's going to come. Everything's going to build naturally, and that, that just is what it is. But beyond that, we got a nice card coming up this Saturday. I wasn't going to cover this until closer to the fight, but it's a really, really good card. So UFC 263, Israel Adesanya versus Marvin Vittori 2. Uh, man. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Combat and Kick It with your boy Bando. But we're doubled up. You got two Bandos tonight. You got Nick and Joe. We're both here doing the podcast, talking about our predictions and our analysis of UFC 263, Israel Adesanya versus Marvin Vittori 2. It's a banging card. I mean, we really got really good fights on it from the early prelims all the way on up to the main card. Um, I'll just say the fights that are going to be on the early prelims. You got Chase Hooper versus Steven Peterson. A little featherweight matchup. You got a lightweight matchup between Matt Frivola and Terrence McKinney. Then you have a women's bantamweight matchup between Pani Kianzad. I think that's how you say her name. And Alexis Davis. Then opening the prelims, you got Mavsar Ivloev and Hakeem Dawadu. So, what do you think? What do you got in that one? I would have to say Dawadu. Makes the most sense. He's coming off of a win. Let's see what's up with this. So is Evloev. Evloev, yeah. Guess he was an M1 global champion. Bantamweight champion then. He's only 27 years old from Russia. Undefeated. Could be a tough task. Yeah, I could see this one being a pretty good fight. I mean, you have an undefeated Evloev. Mm-hmm. Versus a 12 1 and 1 Dawadu. And you know, Dawadu brings the heat every time he fights. Always. And he doesn't like when people back up. No. He wants to fight. Yeah, fight. he wants the fight to be brought forward. What's interesting, though, is if Evilev tries to wrestle, Dawadu has very strong takedown defense. So does Evilev. Evilev, I believe, is at 100% on his takedown defense. I always feel like fights like that end up staying on the feet. I wouldn't be surprised if it stays on the feet. Usually, yeah, usually when both guys know, unless unless Evilev goes for the takedown and he knows he can get it. If he knows he can get it, then he's probably going to chain wrestle. It's usually what most of those guys do, especially now in the game. is like all wrestling-based. Everybody is basing their whole game off wrestling because they're seeing how Effective it is. Yeah, it's extremely effective, especially against strikers too. So it's it's one of those things where you gotta have a either killer takedowns or killer takedown defense. This is one of the two. Next fight you got the women's flyweight division with Lauren Murphy versus Joanne Calderwood. That that could be a good fight. I'd have to go with Joanne Calderwood if she can keep the fight standing. I think Lauren Murphy is a little bit better on the ground, but could be a good fight. Uh, I'm gonna have to go with Joanne as well. Joanne looked really, really good against Jessica I. She did. She was really smooth. She her did. she let her hands go. She was relaxed in there. She rolled with a lot of those shots that Jessica hit her with. It's, she just seemed like she was very, very comfortable in there. That actually makes me think, because 
So UFC what two sixty four is Connor? Yeah. Okay, so the main card. Damn. Okay, that's a long ass main card. Jesus Christ. What is it? That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, mm-hmm. eleven. There's no way that there's eleven fights on the main card. Okay, they didn't split it up between. Yeah, they haven't ones. split it. Okay, no, I thought I thought I saw that um, Jessica I was supposed to be on the main card of this. And I was about to be like, it doesn't. It doesn't even make any sense why she still is doing what she does. I mean, look, she had lied in the main uh, a main card during COVID. That's how you know twenty twenty was coming off of a, a, a really bad loss and then a split decision. Yeah. It was it was a close split decision. Anytime it says split, it's usually pretty close. Right, and I think I think if Joanne keeps that same that same pace with the same movement, she lets her hands go. She's, she's comfortable aggressive. in there. She she looked great. I mean, she's that aggressive. was one of the most comfortable she's ever looked inside the octagon. And Lauren Murphy, Lauren, she has to make it an ugly fight. Yeah, she has to make it an ugly fight. She's got to take her down. She's got to beat her up. She's got to. Beat her up as Joanne's getting up. Chain wrestler. Make the fight ugly. Try to make Joanne as uncomfortable as she is. Because if, if she's that in the saddle right now, then you could see her in the next. She's the one you could see in the next title challenger. It, it, I mean, she for, was supposed to be. She was supposed to fight for the belt. Yeah. And so well, she had a great performance. Mm-hmm. She's what? One or two great performances away from a title shot. Who else is there? And I just don't see them making Whaley and Valentina. Not not now. Definitely not now. Not after Whaley getting knocked out by Rose. I think that I think that fight would be rematched first. Yeah. Her and Rose probably. Yeah. Next fight you got light heavyweight division with Eric Anders versus Darren Stewart. You already know Eric Anders is bringing some heat. Darren Stewart ain't no bitch. Nope. They're gonna meet in the middle. Um. I think if Darren Stewart can make the fight more technical, he can be. It seems like that's 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 kind of like the key to beat Eric Anders. Is uh, you got to be a little bit more tech, technical because he's gonna make him swing and miss. Yeah, he's in a dirty box. He's gonna be up in your face. Yep. I think Khalil Roundtree beat him perfectly. I mean, with the Muay Thai, it was the recipe. Keeping the yeah, keeping the distance, stomach kicks, leg kicks. Avoid that fucking left hand. If that man hits you with that overhand left, it hurts. It does. Who was the dude he knocked out coming up on the kick? That was one of the nastiest knockouts I've ever that seen. That was um, the bald guy. Yeah. He was the bald. bald cat. He was bald. Yep. Yep. I'm bald too. Um, the next fight, this the the um the headliner of the pre uh, prelims. Drew Dober and Brad Burdell. I'm extremely excited. Okay, so there's two fights on this card that I am really, really, really excited for. One of them is Drew Dober. Because he just came off of a shitty loss to Islam Makachev, who hasn't come off a shitty loss to Islam Makachev. Yeah. Uh, and um, I'm also really excited for Bilal Muhammad because of the Leon Edwards fight. But we'll get into that. Uh, That's crazy. They're fighting on the same card, too. I'm pumped for this fight. I am not going to lie. I am biased towards Drew Dober. I really want to see him get a win here. I thought that was about as tough of a task as he could have had against Islam Makachev, and he took the fight knowing probably yeah. that it wasn't going to go his way. 
What and, am I else to fight against? Hey, himself? he fought him the whole way. He did. He stuck with it. And I'm like, you know what, dude? I, I, uh, I'd like to see this cat get a win. I really would. And he's got the skills, too. Strong. He's a quick dude. He's got nice stand-up. Great left hand. He's got power. You beat it, uh, Alex Hernandez, yes? Yep. You just don't want to see him be the one, you know, that fought Islam, the guy coming up who was super nasty, and then he he's struggling in there again trying to find himself. I hope he just gets back in the saddle. It's and a perfect fight for him. It is. It's a he's... great fight for him. And that's nothing against Brad Riddell because he's nasty. I think they're going to throw him. going to be a lot, a lot of throwing. I can see Drew Dober being the one to initiate takedowns and initiate clinch. I think he's a little bit bigger, to be honest with you. Let me click on these. Let's see, the tail of the tape. Oh no, I mean he's a he's a uh, inch bigger, and he's got he's a physically strong yeah. guy. He's a very strong dude, which is mind blowing because neither of the motherfuckers look one fifty five. Let's be real. Let's see who's opening the card. Oh, this Paul one Craig. This one I saw on Instagram. Jamal Hill posted something. Forgot exactly what it was, but he posted something, and he was talking about, like, basically, like, talking shit to Paul Craig because I think Paul Craig was saying that, like, Jamal Hill was pulling out of fights or something like that. So a little bit of heat behind that, and you know me. And if anybody's listening, any of my friends, anybody that listens to this, you – if you know me in fights, you know I like when there's a little bit of heat. I like the violence. Bring the violence. I got Jamal Hill. I mean, well, I'm trying to uh, play Jamie right now and find these <laughs> tweets. Hey, Jamie, can you, can, you, can you look this up real quick, Jamie? Jamie, how, how about you pull it's that It's hard up? to be Jamie by yourself. I feel like Jamie's like just super fast. Uh, okay, so we got Jamal Hill on uh, March 23rd. At Paul Craig MMA, you smoke raw dick if you think I would lie about COVID. Hell Ooh. will freeze over before a bitch like you put fear in my heart. Thanks, Mick, for give you another three months before I knock you the fuck out. Ooh. Okay. So Paul responds with, show me the test result, bitch. <laughs> with a gif of Paul Craig pointing to the camera. Not bad. Not a bad return. To which Jamal Hill replied and said, from which test, you clown-ass bitch? I would never back down, especially from you. I like that. That was a good one, letting them know I'm I'm right here. I don't lie about COVID. Yeah, I mean, I don't would, lie about my health. I mean, you really are a bitch if you do lie about that shit to get out of a fight, especially all, oh, but especially against Paul Craig. Let's be real. I mean, and Paul Craig got literal with his response and said, "You're a COVID test, you dumb fuck." Oh, so Jamal Hill said, "Oh, so we're playing me. that game." I took, I took, I took the number two, stupid bitch, and then. Proceeds to go with a continued tweet saying, Ha, you got an extra few months to waste your life and still look helpless like the pussy you are. Ooh. <laughs> Do you remember playing you remember playing like high school sports and you would banter with one of the kids on the other team on like Facebook or Instagram or something like that? Yes. That's exactly what it sounds like. Fucking bitch. 
Son of a bitch. I like it though. Fuck I feel like there dude. just needs to be a little bit of that on every card. That just needs to say have that same energy when they're facing off. Uh, what tomorrow? Today's Wednesday, so tomorrow, right? Yeah. Or Friday? Oh, and speaking of face-offs and seeing each other for the first time, so, can, no, we, can I, we get to these points? Well, why well, I, I heard I heard what exactly was said between them though, so it it actually comes off different, but. We'll get to the, we'll get through to these fights so we can get to that main event. All right, but. so okay, you, Paul Craig, Jamal Hill, you have Jamal Hill. Okay, I'd have to agree. I actually saw a tweet that said Jamal Hill has, I don't know if it was like six or eight kids or something like that. So the guy said you have stamina for days. You'll be fine. He said you're all, you're all just off of that fact alone. I'm gonna have to go with Jamal Hill as well. In that welterweight fight. <laughs> This is this is an interesting fight because Bilal Muhammad versus Damian Maya. Bilal, like like you said, Bilal's coming off of that that like real shit, no contest, fucking. I mean, it just was it was absolute shit to to lose with a. I mean, not lose, but come with the no contest of the eye poke, and that was not a uh, not a friendly eye poke neither. He got poked deep. I'm excited for this fight, although it is a tough return fight off of a loss like that because. No contest. It's no contest. And I mean, you're going he, was, against... uh, he was losing them. Really he was. No, losing. for sure. But still, it's still tough like that. And he he now has to go up against a vet in Damian Maya. Keep that bitch standing. He has to keep it standing because here, if you watch his fights, especially in fights like uh, the one against, what was uh, uh, Lyman Good? Yeah. He would land a couple of strikes and land a left hand, a left kick. He's a very good left kick. That was like his kick. best fight, honestly. Yeah, it was a great fight, but he was shooting for the takedowns, head down. You know, there, there was no setups, and that's just that's exactly what it's trouble for a guy like you know. Yeah. That's when you're fighting a guy like Damian Maya. That's a lot of trouble. But again, I it's it's one of those where it's like <sighs> I don't want to see him lose. Do you know what I mean? That was such an unfortunate. Mm-hmm situation and scary as fuck man when he was crying like that and screaming yeah. like i was like damn man i'm that's that's fucking tough when so he started crying i was like oh damn okay that that, that shit that's legit hurts, hurts. that's so, legit he's he not got, playing a fucking game then you saw the picture of leon's finger three like knuckle deep into his fucking damn, eyeball bro, that was disgusting fucking disgusting it's like hey dude can you get your fucking knuckles on my eye I want to make a prediction for that fight, but I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait until after we analyze all these fights, and we'll go back and do all of our predictions. No, we just did that already. We just did the Jamal Hill prediction. We did. I'm stoned. Damian Maya versus Bilal Muhammad. I I I want to see Bilal win. I got Damian Maya winning. I want to see Bilal win, but that veteran status in Damian Maya, and he pulls off random wins. A lot, like when you think he's about and to be done. And he's just so slick. I mean, you want to talk about a veteran's veteran. He's the guy. I mean. Unless Bilal gets real, real aggressive, gets up in his grill real fast. Which, which he does. His style, dude, he throws awesome kicks to the body. Awesome kicks that are very deceiving. They always look like they're going to be a leg kick. And, he, and there's there's somehow up at your head or up in your chest. Mm-hmm. You just don't want to get taken down with him. That's the biggest issue. Yeah, and I think tough. that's one of his biggest weapons is his left leg kick. So, or his his left leg is one of his biggest weapons. Yes. So we'll see how it works out. But the the leg kicks there. Speaking of leg kicks and left leg weapon, Leon Edwards versus Nate Diaz. 
gonna be seeing a lot of that. This I, one sucks, man. Oh yeah, you already know. Nate's one of my favorite fighters, like ever. I absolutely love Nate. Everybody loves watching Nate fight. I mean, if you don't, I don't really know why you uh, watch MMA, because uh, he's literally everything you want to see in a fight. He brings it every time, even if he's getting his ass beat. He's talking shit while getting his ass beat. He's bleeding all over the. You're getting your place. money's worth. Whether he's, he's getting his worth. ass beat, whether he's winning the fight, it doesn't matter. He's giving you his money's worth. He's one of. He chose Leon. You did, and you got to give him credit for it. I uh -huh. just don't understand. I, I understand to an extent why he chose Leon, but at the same time, I don't understand why the fuck he would choose Leon Edward. I mean, that is a bad matchup for him. Really it's bad a matchup. terrible matchup for him. Really bad matchup. I, I look like I said, I can see him winning because his name Diaz. He pulls shit up. I can also see Leon Edwards getting a little sloppy, maybe knocking Nate down or kicking his legs out under him or out from under him, and Nate subbing him on the ground. It only takes one mistake on the ground for, for Nate to sub you, for any of the Diaz brothers to sub you, for anybody in that whole Jiu-Jitsu Academy to sub you. They're nasty off their back. Nate knows what he's doing down there, and, and, and if we're being real, I don't think Leon's going to sub Nate. Leon's best chance is... Beating his ass on the feet for three rounds. Nate's a late starter, too. So, I mean, if, if Leon could start. And Leon said, I remember I was watching Joe Rogan's podcast, that he wants to start faster. He's a slow starter. He wants to start faster. So, if he gets right up in Nate's face real early and doesn't let Nate breathe, Nate's a, Nate's a three, four, five guy. You know what I'm saying? So, if he, he gets him out. Well, it, what's wild about this fight is that if you just look at it on paper, just yeah. on paper. They're very even all the way through in terms of stats, in terms of, you know, for example, uh, Leon's 74-inch reach advantage to Nate's 76. They're both six feet tall. Um, they Nate lands more significant strikes per minute by at least two and a half. He's at 4.62 significant strikes landed per minute compared to Leon's two and a half i didn't know nate was only 36. um but their significant strikes are the same leon's at 47 nate's at 45. uh absorb per minute leon absorbs two versus nate's three almost four it's three and three quarters there and the defense is 55 percent to leon and 53 to nate it's very 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 similar on paper even their grappling is is extremely similar i mean you have leon who has a takedown average of one and a quarter just about per round or per 15 minutes sorry and nate averages 1.19 for 15 minutes so close leon edges again but close takedown accuracy 30 percent you don't really see them gunning for takedowns a lot i yeah. think you're going to see more of it in this fight with leon just because of did you see Nate's response to everybody saying that uh, Leon's going to beat him at UFC 263? No. This is it. With predictions on the, on the fight, you versus Edwards, and it, other fighters making predictions, and almost to a man, they all said, listen, I love Nate Diaz, love what he means to our sport, but I got to go with Edwards. Why are they wrong, Nate? Well, that's a, that's a, that's been my whole career. It's like that. If you, if any of the fighters, to all the fighters out there, 
saying anything about me. If it's if it's not positive, is shut the up and you. That's what I think about you. And um, that got that got my whole whole career gone and been. And uh, if you ain't got nothing nice to say, don't say it at all. Cause that's how I that's how I work anyway. I don't got nothing nice to say. I keep my predictions in on myself. Cause all those guys that are saying about me losing are uh, they they're not themselves. I saw a website with. So I guess he has no. Uh, he doesn't get bothered at all. He don't get bothered by shit that people talk like. He's just a different dude. When we met him, so quick story about Nate Diaz. We met him, both of us, Nick and I both met us, met him on uh, Venice Beach back in 2018. Mm -hmm. And we were literally searching for a place to find our, our uh, like a phone charger. We just needed to charge our phone somewhere. We all, Every single one of us were on 1%. So we're trying to find a charger and we find this like little, it's like a little shack. It might have been like a smoothie bar or something on, on the beach. And I'm looking over and I'm like, yo, that's, that's Nate Diaz. Nick went right up to him, started talking to him. We had like a 15, what, 20, 15, 20 minute conversation yeah. with him. Both, all, all three of us were high. Yeah, that was I mean, great. Was, that was pretty funny. He was asking us about, about like where we're from and stuff like that. He was initiating conversation with us. Like you would never think that he would be one of the coolest dudes to talk to. And Very nice. Super guy. cool. And nobody was around him either. You know, and this is, this is actually, cleanly like right after connor too really i mean mm -hmm. he's still a big star people want to see him come back and he was just walking venice beach chilling yeah, by himself man really good dude yeah very solid yeah very very good dude um so it could be a little bias on why i want him to win uh, that is why he's one of my favorites um of course very biased because i met him and it was uh it was awesome i i just i can see him winning by submission Leon getting a little sloppy, like you said, maybe takes him down, getting a little too lackadaisical, leaves his neck out there, whatever the situation may be. I can see Nate winning like that. I could also see Nate winning if Leon decides to get headhunterish on the feet. Yeah. Because Nate has a way of giving people a, a false sense of security. He gets people tired, that's for sure. He, he, he does, because you think you're getting him out of there, and you're, you're actually nowhere near getting him out of there. And if, like, you, if you get him up and, like, you, if you clinch with him and he's got you in a clinch and he's being, like, really forceful, he puts his weight on you, he's a heavy dude. He is a heavy tell. dude. He's long, so, he's heavy. He's awkwardly built, too. So. It's an interesting fight. He uses it's a it really interesting advantage. fight. And Leon Edwards needs a fight where he's he has to win. And Nate, of course, wants to win, makes statements, so... But statements are going to be made by one of these two men in the co-main event. Davison Figueredo, the champion, versus Brandon Moreno. Their first fight, or well, this is the second fight. Their first fight was an absolute war. That was probably the best flyweight fight I've ever seen. And never thought that Brandon Moreno would really have that in him. And was taking shots like crazy and sending them right back. And uh, saw Davison Figueredo get wobbled once, like towards the later rounds. So. Yep. It was interesting to see. Um, Davison Figueredo had a stomach, some sort of stomach problem, I think. Like something, something was wrong. So, something was wrong, and he says he didn't get his full power. He wasn't one hundred percent, and he's gonna make a statement. And he's gonna finish Brandon Moreno early. 
you know, I, you know, it's it's one of those things for me where I look at it like, damn, Brandon Moreno really showed out in that first fight. He looks phenomenal. Davis and Figueroa is no bitch. You already know if he says he wasn't one hundred percent in the first fight, then he probably wasn't one hundred percent. He's gonna bring one hundred and ten percent this next one, and I could see him. And I, I predicted this earlier. Remember when we were talking? I, I said I think Davis and Figueroa either wins in the first round. Either with a submission or, or a knockout, or we're going to have another fucking phenomenal flyweight fight. That's pretty much how it's going to go. Oh, I think it's going to be a fantastic fight. I have to lean with Figgy. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm always going to lean with the guy who won the first fight. I mean, it was technically a, technically a draw. I mean, draw goes to champion, but still. Figgy, in my opinion, Figgy, I didn't have a draw. Figgy did win the fight, though, because he lost a point. So losing that point made it the draw. He would have had that one point, and that was from the... Uh, my point exactly. Kicked him in the nuts. Mm -hmm. So that's funny, too, because on the build-up to this fight, there was a video of Davison Figueredo saying that Brandon Moreno was being dramatic, just overselling it to get himself some time, this and that, and to get, him, get a point taken off, and... If there's going to be some heat under this, too, it, I guess it says Davidson Figueredo is taking this very personally. So I think it's going to be another banger, to be honest with you. Brandon Moreno has very good defense on the feet. I will give him that. Very good defense. Uh, covers up very well. Man's got chin. He has a chin. He's very strong. <sighs> I still have to go with Figgy. Just based on that lights out power alone, I mean that is tough power to deal with. I mean, yeah, the first fight, I'll give it to him. He hung with him, and I, I'm not saying I think Miranda, Moreno is going to get squashed or anything, but I do see Figgy taking it again just based off of that power alone. There were times in that fight where Moreno got hit, and it was like, all right, you could tell that hurt. Yeah, they're ta they take tolls. And like I said, you. like I said, if he, if he said he wasn't 100, percent then he wasn't 100. percent yeah, so well, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, and I'm going to go with him on uh, on this one. I'm going to go with Davidson Figueredo by the second round, or like I said, five round banger. Yeah, I have a double prediction because I can do that, so I did it. Main event time. We got four minutes left. Let's kill the whole four minutes on this entire main event. Israel Adesanya versus Marvin Vittori. Two. First fight was a split decision win in Izzy's favor. And in my personal opinion, after I watched the fight back, I just watched the fight back a couple days ago, a three-round fight, and Marvin really didn't do much. I mean, there wasn't much damage placed. He landed a couple big uh, – had a couple big moments in the third round. Mm -hmm. Nothing in one and two. Uh, when he took Izzy down, he really didn't do much. I mean, a couple moments of a little bit of ground and pound where he wasn't really landing heavy. Izzy wasn't picking him apart on the feet like he normally picks people apart. So, I mean, Marvin is awkward. Extremely. He's very awkward to people, and I think he – I don't want to say he confuses people. He makes them uncomfortable in there. He's a big guy. I mean, that guy is huge for the division. He looks like he could easily step into 205 right now and be fine with any of those guys in terms of size. Yeah. He's huge. He – Already knows he can get him down because he got him so he's down. He's got the reach. If we're being fair. Yeah, he's got a six inch reach advantage. 
He's three feet taller. Yeah. But if we're being fair, skinnier. he got him down. He knows he can get him down because he got him down. He watched the recipe to success with Blaschwitz. Izzy struggled with a bigger guy, a stronger guy on top of him. I think Jan is much more polished than Vittori is. But I think much that Vittori can bring too. that pace while avoid getting picked apart at range. Because the problem is, is Vittori's southpaw. Izzy's orthodox. The inside leg kick's there all day. Oh, the, the body okay. kick is there body all kick. day. The and, question mark kick. And that is Izzy's wheelhouse. So That's how I look at it. Izzy's striking has doubled in, in talent and skill. Tripled, honestly, since the last time they fought. I mean, think about it. This was three years ago. Marvin Vittori hasn't lost since. Marvin Vittori fought two nobodies, Jack Hermanson and then Kevin Holland. Kevin Holland on short notice, Jack Hermanson on short notice. So Israel Adesanya, think about who he's beat since Marvin Vittori. Oh, the who's who? Anderson Silva, Kelvin Gastelum, Rob Whitaker, yep. Yoel Romero, Paulo Costa. Fought Jan Blaschwitz, didn't get his ass beat. I mean, he got got – the recipe was there. Jan Blaschwitz figured out, okay, I could take this kid down, take it down, control it, and I'm going to get a win. I'm going to keep my, my championship. That was that champion mentality of Jan Blaschwitz. He did really well in that fight. You got to give it to him. But I think Izzy is going to pick Marvin apart this time. I think there's going to be no games played. I don't think he's going to leave anybody um, questioning this one. I think he's going to pick him apart. I think that's that's his division, and I think the only person that gives him a challenge is, is – Rob Whitaker, this hot, this hot, hot Rob Whitaker. I, I gotta agree. Um, I think Izzy, as long as Izzy can avoid the clinch, as long as Izzy can avoid he's the situation. Don't make he's slick. He gets he's out of extremely it. slick. He is very, very slick. I do. I think. He, I honestly think he's gonna run right through him. He just has to make sure he's away from the fence. Keep away from any opportunity where he can hold on to you. And Marvin, obviously, his key to success is to get there. Well, what's your Close final prediction? Izzy. Izzy by... Yeah. I'm going to be bold. And I'm going to say Izzy knocks him out in the first round. I got Izzy in one or two. So, that's a banger. We Wait, got UFC up, 263 Saturday. Check it out. And thanks for listening to Combat and Kick It. We'll be back later. Peace.